0: Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast on mental health for folks of color. I'm your host, Zell Anderson, Licensed Professional Counselor. I'm the owner of Panoramic Counseling, where I specialize in treating teens and young adults in Richmond, Virginia, and throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia through online counseling. Let's get into the show. All right, so today I'm excited to interview a friend that I've gotten to know through podcasting. Uh, Her name is Keisha Rock, and we are going to be discussing the topic of minimalism. And we came up with this idea because minimalism is something that is kind of becoming mainstream through people like Marie Kondo and things like that. But you don't hear a lot of perspectives on it from a um, person of color. So I thought we would have that conversation today. So Keisha, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Keisha Rock. I am the host of the Ground Up podcast, which is a podcast that shares creative and entrepreneurs' stories. I'm also a public health worker. I work in vaccines for Virginia Department of Health. I'm a wife. I'm a mom I love my city I'm a RVA lover supporter of small businesses and I'm just so excited to be on a podcast as a guest um, and I'm excited for the new friendship that John that we've We've grown.
0: I'm excited to dive into this topic because I don't really get to talk to people too much about minimalism. So, this is going to be a lot of fun. And you bring great energy too. So,
1: well, thank you. No, I thought it was so funny. I think within the first like two days of us, you know, texting back and forth and chatting, like we realized that minimalism was something we both had in common. Um, I will start out by saying there's levels to to this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's levels to being a minimalist. Um, And it's, it's a transition and for me, I am getting I'm getting back into that lifestyle after becoming a mom. It's been um life changing, right? Mm-hmm, of so course. it yeah, it's just been life changing. But I know at the core that's the lifestyle that I thrive best at. Mhm.
0: And I think a great way to start off this conversation, there's kind of the cliche or the idealistic idea of what minimalism is, like empty room, all white with like a table and a plant. You know, that's that's kind of the image that sometimes is portrayed. But obviously, that's not realistic to, you know, young adults who are, you know, first time parents and um Kids have a lot of stuff um, as well. So I think to begin, give me or define the term minimalism in your own words.
1: Minimalism to me is living with less in order to live more. Um, what I mean by that is freeing yourself of less stuff, uh, freeing yourself of less mental stuff, <laughs> uh, in order to just live more freely. Does that make
0: sense? I think that's a great definition. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's um I guess the way I would define it is looking very closely at the stuff and the obligations that we surround ourselves with and being intentional about the value that it brings us. Um So whether it be a time commitment that we do, or where we spend our money, or the stuff that we have, um, asking ourselves constantly, well, is this serving me? Is this uh, doing something for me? Because sometimes the things that we have that can, whether they be obligations or stuff, can... They, they do have a cost of maintaining and keeping up with and stuff like that. So by asking yeah. the question of, is this serving me? Um, it helps to, um, I guess, I don't know, it changes your, your mindset and your energy on uh, how you deal with things in life. I think it frees up a lot of mental space too.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I know we've discussed this a little bit uh, previously, but share with, us about when you first embraced minimalism as a lifestyle choice.
1: Yeah, ironically, it was through a podcast. <laughs> Maybe not so ironically, but um, you know, up until I found the podcast, The Minimalist,
2: mm-hmm. I
1: looked at podcasts as entertainment. And when I found The Minimalist, I realized that podcasts can also be life changing. Um, so during that time I was on the road a lot with work on the road locally but just doing a lot of driving and I don't even I couldn't even tell you how stuff stumbled stumbled across them but I did and when I started listening to them and you know what's really interesting that I'm surprised that I continued to listen to them being two white males Mm -hmm. and me being a black female I don't know what it was about them that drew me in because that's not typically the the type of podcast that I would listen to, but I was, I was immediately drawn in because it was a message and, you know, I am spiritual and I do believe in a higher power and I believe that, you know, for me, that's God. God works through all people Mm -hmm. of all colors. So I don't, so I'm glad that I wasn't immediately turned off by it being two white males. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was the message that they were giving that resonated with me to, let go of all the things that we think bring us joy and to really find out what does bring us joy and for me i soon realized during um doing just all the binges of the episodes that i did mm-hmm. uh, i binge listened that, to them as well yeah i, I completely binge listen to them but i realized uh the things that they really helped me realize that the things don't bring me joy. It is the, the people. It's the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are things that may trigger a good memory. And so it, it kind of led to me to start looking around my home and my life and just using the quality over quantity mm-hmm. um, type of mindset. And so what I did is I did their their minimalist month challenge. And what that is, is... I think it's called the minimalist
0: the game, isn't it?
1: Yes, yep, the minimalist game, yep. And I, I make it sound a little bit more exciting, right? Not challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so on day one of the month, you get rid of... One. Well, actually, I'll start with saying they encourage you to find a partner to do this with. Um, you know, a friend, coworker, someone else who may be interested. Because it does get difficult. So, but anyway, on day one of the month, you get rid of one item. Easy, right? You mm-hmm. know? Day two, two items. Day three, three items. But you get to day 19, not so easy. Mm-hmm. Day 20, not so easy. So that's what I, that's really what how I started was that game.
0: Did you do um, all 30 days?
1: I did do all 30 days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe I may have started with a coworker. I think I did, but, you know, it. I will also say this. When you're developing a new lifestyle, it really is an internal thing. And, yes, you need support, but honestly, the podcast is my support. Listening to those episodes, like, and then you kind of trickle from there. Then you start finding people on Instagram who are into it. You mm-hmm. know, you start seeing groups on Facebook or whatnot. I feel like anything you get really into, you notice maybe not your inner circle, but you start finding ways to find other people who are interested in, you know, what you're, what you're seeking out. So, um, yeah, that yes, yeah, the game is what really got me going in the podcast is what really, uh, changed my mindset on the way I look at stuff and, um, commitment. And cause it goes beyond the things, right?
2: Mm-hmm. It,
1: like you mentioned earlier, the commitment, because the, the ultimate goal I believe in minimalism is to free up your life to, to, to do and to feel more things that bring you joy.
0: Definitely. And um, I'll link the minimalists website um, in the show notes. That way people can check that out too, because they have a lot of different resources, blogs, and podcasts and things like that. But one of the things, as you were sharing, um, you have mentioned that um, you didn't initially think, oh, I can relate with these two white guys, right? Um, the right. thing I like about them is that they're very down to earth and they both grew up really poor so they know what it's like to have nothing and then they share about how they went from nothing to you know hey when I grow up and when I work I want to hit the corporate world and you know get all of the American dream stuff the the mortgage the cars the all of that. And so they've literally been the poorest of the poor. They've hit, you know, you know, a point in their corporate career where they were making, you know, over six figures, and they were more unhappy um, than ever. And then they discovered minimalism and were able to kind of take control back over their time and stuff and things like that. And it just so happened to become like a career for them. So, right, yeah, I think that's why they're very relatable,
1: yeah. And but I also do love that they make it a career because you know, over at the ground up podcast, we're all about finding ways to monetize our mm-hmm. new lifestyle. So, so I, I love that, um, they realized that the corporate world wasn't for them, they found, they found a new lifestyle, but then it also ultimately led to another level of success, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. So we had kind of touched on this a second ago, but minimalism goes beyond just merely the stuff that we own, but it extends to those commitments that we make and how we manage our time. So share a little bit about how minimalism you've applied it to. So you shared a little bit about, okay, I did the game of, you know, getting rid of stuff in that 30-day minimalist game, but talk a little bit about how you've used minimalism with how you manage your time and um, commitments and things like that.
1: Well, a big thing for me is I wanna focus on how I feel inside, right? So I want to be very, um, I wanna look forward to what I'm doing. I wanna be, you're, you're not always excited for what you have to do, but we have more control over what we have to do than, we, than what we give ourselves credit to, and so I wanted to remove dread. So I have to ask myself, and I continue to do this. I do struggle with it now that I have more on my plate, mm-hmm. but I continue when, when I'm when I'm invited or when I'm you know any type of commitment comes up. I have to ask myself in this moment. How 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 is it making you feel thinking about doing what you're going to do? Mm-hmm. Does it bring you joy? Does it stress? It? Are you already stressed out by this invitation? Are you already stressed out by this event? Are you already stressed out by hosting this? So if I'm mm-hmm. already stressed out or if it's already causing some, I, I'm very in touch with how I'm feeling. So it's already causing a little well up of anxiety. I, I'm okay with telling someone, hey, I'll get back to you.
2: Mm-hmm. I'll
1: let you know. I, I'm the queen of you know. I'll follow up with you, mm-hmm. um, and it's not and it's not to be like flaky. It's it's honestly to not be flaky, so I can be committed when I make commitment.
0: There's a quote that um, I can't remember where i got it from but i had shared it on instagram a couple of weeks ago and it's basically you know sometimes having healthy boundaries means asserting that my free time is not representative of my availability so being able to
1: absolutely
0: yeah being able to say let me think about that because i think you know sometimes we might feel pressured to give an answer right on the spot it's almost kind of yeah. countercultural to be like oh let me consider that um before yeah. i make a decision but you know your time is the most valuable thing that you have and it's finite um yeah, so you should definitely is, be careful with how you use it
1: absolutely yeah what happens is someone asks you to do something and you just want to say yes you want to you want to um I don't want to say people please but you want to say I was about please. to say it so you said it. You that. Do. uh and then what happens is right you say yes and then you go home or you go do whatever you have to do and then you start thinking about you start mewling over it and you start thinking a little bit more and you realize that yes maybe it should have been a no or it maybe should have been let me just decide let me think about this let me have some time to decide mm-hmm. if this is something I want to commit myself to.
0: Yeah. And it, it's one of those things that improves with practice, too. Like when you first started minimalism and getting rid of things and questioning the new things that you brought in, um, it wasn't didn't feel natural. Um, and so the yeah. same thing goes with our commitments in time. It, it feels awkward at first, and it's definitely somewhat countercultural. Um, but the more that you do it, the, the easier it becomes. And it kind of ripple effects from there.
1: Absolutely. And um, it's just so interesting, though, like even today, like I would I would not <laughs> I would I would say I'm in a transition to give back to minimalist lifestyle, but I still there's some habits from when I started doing that for the year and a half, two years that I did implement it um, that still stick with me. Um, for example, when I did become a mom or when I was pregnant and I was getting ready mm-hmm. uh, for him I was like, in group, Hey, anybody a minimalist in here? What do you really need? I was talking to my mom and friends. Like, what are the things that are really, you know? Because as soon as you're pregnant, there's so all much this that clothes
0: you, and people yeah, want to buy you stuff.
1: Yeah, there's so much that you you just get, and so much that you don't necessarily need. So I, I mean, I am not above it. I was okay getting hand-me-downs from my friends who just mm-hmm. had babies. I did not buy KJ a single piece of clothing up until his six months I bought something and that was just because it was so cute and I was like okay I'll buy this but then I gave it away to my cousin as soon as he outgrew it so like those little habits um, have just really served me and also just i've seen myself continue maybe not for myself but for him like as he grows every month i go through his things i give them to a family member who just had a baby i give them to a friend who just had a baby like i I continuously do this because i know if i can at least start implementing that habit with him again i'll get back to doing it for for myself again too
0: definitely and my daughter's a few months older than KJ. Um, so I remember when Rachel was pregnant. I'm I'm definitely the minimalism in our relation, or the the minimalist in our relationship, and she's definitely the free spirit kind of do what feels good kind of person. Um, And so before the baby was in the picture, it was like I was really good at being the minimalist and helping to downsize and to keep things simple. And it was kind of that balance of helping her to figure out, well, what is necessary and what isn't. Right. And so with a baby, I don't I wasn't worried about like, oh, am I going to be a good parent or, um, you know, I, I didn't have like a lot of worries about that i'm like okay you bring this baby home you take care of it it's you know i i really had no anxiety about that my biggest anxiety i think was the stuff that babies come with um yeah and also with every other person i've seen who has had a baby or whatever people go crazy and they're like oh i'm gonna buy this for you or the and then you end up with like five of the same onesie um, uh, yeah, and and stuff like that. So I was very intentional. So she's fifteen months on the nineteenth, and I have never had to buy her clothes. Um, everything was hand-me-downs, um, and mostly because Rachel has a big social network. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks, but yeah, so basically, she, all of the stuff that we got was hand-me-downs, and we still have bags of stuff that was given to us from people who have had a, a girl and yeah. things like that now she being the person who you know likes to buy things from time to time she's bought little outfits and things yeah, that i
1: she- was gonna add yeah the outfit that i did buy him <laughs> it was marked down <laughs> i do like to add that i i gloat over getting a discount i will mm-hmm. I, if i buy something full price i'm like uh oh, you feel no. like you got yeah. got Yeah, but like I got, got, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, it was marked down and I used a gift card that I got for like my birthday or something. So, you know, that just goes to show you how. And it's not being tight. It's just unnecessary right Mm -hmm. now. It's just unnecessary. and um,
0: People confuse that uh, minimalism with being cheap.
1: Oh, yeah. They do all the time. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and we do, like, I, I do think minimalism crosses over with uh, budgeting, it crosses mm-hmm. over with financial literacy, like really understanding your finances. Um, so, I can understand why people, you know, say that, but it, it, it's really, that's really not what it's about. It's not about being cheap or being tight.
2: hmm
0: Definitely. So, um, it, going, and I think we can relate on this, going back to, you know, each of us had our first child. Um, recently, and I think babies do have a lot of stuff, um, mm-hmm. because they, you know, they go through a lot of clothes and there's just a lot of things that you need to have to take care of them. But um, I know one of the things that I did was like with the, you know, registries and stuff like that, I made or Rachel was the one to more so orchestrate all of that, but I made it very clear, don't buy toys and clothes and all of this stuff it was very much like we don't need i
1: didn't i get it yeah we don't need it i didn't do that because my mother-in-law doesn't listen to podcasts so i can say this i mean there's no way i could have stopped her Uh (laughs) even if i even if i tried but don't but i am not above and i will hand over something to goodwill in a heart second so Mm -hmm. that's all i gotta say about that (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, so we were, I I was very particular about don't buy these items. What we need is gift cards so that we can buy diapers over time. We need, you know, um, obviously like a crib and, you know, those big ticket items. But, um, I was very particular about that because at the time we lived in a one bedroom apartment. Um, Mm. like I can't remember the square feet, but it was very tiny. And, the at the time we had thought we would be there for a little bit after the baby came but um she didn't have a bedroom she was just in like what was like the dining area um off off of the living room so I knew that there wasn't going to be a ton of space um and just for my own sanity I don't like to have a lot of clutter anyway um yeah so that was kind of my approach but I'm glad that I did because um I mean, she has everything that she needs. Most of her toys and all of her books and clothes, for the most part, have all been hand-me-downs and things. And that also is, you know, environmentally friendly, too. Like, you're not um, consuming something brand new, but it's getting... And then uh, Rachel's sister had a daughter um, shortly after, uh, probably like six or maybe 10 months after Maya Jane was born. And so it's that perfect like window where when Maya Jane grows out of something, we can pass it back. So these right. hand-me-downs are getting to be hand-me-downs multiple times over. And who knows how many times they had been used before we got them. So um, yeah. that that actually feels really good rather than buying everything and then giving it to somebody. Yeah. Um, I will add that one
1: of the biggest changes to, uh and this is something I'm getting back to as well because I think it was more special. Was how I gift people. Mm-hmm. I love birthdays. I love Christmas. I, you know, I love holidays, and I want people to feel special. But I want to I, Christmas. I guess I could, we could do a whole podcast on minimalism and Christmas. Yes. <laughs> but Christmas, okay. You know, I, I just I don't give into it. I don't give into the. I have to buy everyone that I, that's in my life a gift thing. Mm-hmm. Your birthday, your birthday though, I'm gonna treat you special. But it doesn't have to necessarily be a gift. Like I started with it, it, within my marriage, you know, we do experiences now. Mm-hmm. Gifting and,
0: experiences.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely something I want to get back or do with my child. Um, I want him to more so look for look forward to what memory am i going to make with mom and dad this year for my birthday versus what pair of shoes am i going to get you know mm-hmm. you, you get it you get
0: it yes so um to expand this a little bit further we've talked about minimalism as far as our possessions we've talked about minimalism as far as our commitments and our time so my next question for you is are you familiar with the term digital minimalism and if so mm-hmm. in what ways does this apply to your life
1: Digital minimalism. I, I mean, I, I can assume what it is. I can assume it means um, not overboarding your life with digital. Um, I, I'm assuming we're talking about our cell phones. We're talking about, you know, just social media in general, uh, TV. That's probably something I could work on, Zell. Okay. I'll be honest.
0: Just and I'll expand on... I'll expand the definition a little bit. So um, I think digital minimalism, at least as I know, it was coined by, um, there's an author, I believe his name is Cal Newport. He wrote a book called Digital Minimalism. Um, And basically, it's kind of looking at, well, what stuff do we surround ourselves? So like you said, with Uh, the digital sphere, we've got our phones, we've got our computers, we got tablets, we've got social media, we've got um, YouTube, anything that is of a digital nature that is a consumption of our time. Um, And remember, all of these devices are created to use them as much as possible because it's capitalism, right? Um, And so digital minimalism is just like we can take control over how much we own. Um, over what we allocate our time to or what we make commitments to and what we choose to pass on, we can apply minimalism to the digital, which if you think about it is huge because most of the time from when we wake up to the time that we go to sleep is engaged with some sort of electronic. Yep. So with that expanded definition, I know you said that you have a little bit of work to do there. Tell me about oh, yeah. um, some ways that you've at least thought about it or you've kind of uh, applied some minimalism to your digital life.
1: Carving out time to just put it all away, um, especially when I'm spending time with my family, with my husband and my son, or even my, or even outside of them when we're visiting, when we're visiting our parents. I don't need to be on myself, and I can. I don't need to respond to a text message Um when I'm having that quality time. So that, that's something that I feel I can always improve on, but I do recognize and I am intentional when I need to, when I need to shut it off and really zone in and be present to where I'm at and the people that I'm with. Um, also out when I'm out in a restaurant with friends, I mean, we're usually we're talking about something from social media, so I'm not going to say we have our phones away, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) But it is something where it's like, Okay, let, we're here. We're not we're not at home, you know, let's be here together. So that I feel like, you know, I can understand. But I have so much that I do I and mean, I guess we all do, right? With uh you know, digital platforms or social media mm-hmm. platforms, um that it sometimes feels like I can't. It sometimes feels like, Okay, it's time for bed, but let me just respond to these dms or you mm-hmm. know it feels like it's it's a, it's a nagging pull
2: mm-hmm. and so
1: that's something that i'm working on realizing you know it's okay if i get back to that later
0: definitely and i think the the biggest part with any of these types of minimalism is the awareness piece so it's not necessarily like i only should own a thousand things or i only should you know use my phone this number of hours a day, but it's being like, okay, well, what, you know, we have a certain amount of time in a day, right? Um, So it's just kind of being mindful of, well, how much time am I spending on something? And kind of going back to that original definition, is this thing valuable, right? Um, You can spend hours a day scrolling social media, but you have to ask yourself the question of, well, how much value um, did that bring back to me? Um, And so um, not to say that social media is a bad thing um, or anything like that, but it's, I think minimalism at its core is just understanding or having awareness of what it is that we're consuming, whether it's a, a physical thing or a digital thing or a time thing, being diligent about where we're allocating that time and energy to. Um, And from once you're aware of something, you can make the changes. Um, So are there some things that you've done to kind of do that digitally?
1: Yes, there is actually what I've, what I've done for Facebook, Instagram, I don't get notifications. I don't want the notifications. Mm -hmm. I don't wear Apple watch. I don't want an Apple watch. On my Fitbit, I turn off notifications. Mm -hmm. I don't want them. Um, That when I when I did have the notifications on, when I did have all it 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 just amplified that nagging pull Mm -hmm. that I need to be doing this right now. You need need
0: to always be be on.
1: yeah. As soon as someone leaves a comment, I need to go look at that, you know, and and I don't, <laughs> you know, and it, it, so that was definitely a big change for me. Just deciding, I don't need those notifications. I'll, I'll look, I'm liable to open up Instagram every minute anyway. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, I don't, I don't need that. So that was definitely a big change. And, um, everyone's like, you don't, you don't want an Apple watch. You don't, you don't want that stuff. You don't want, you know, your Fitbit can tell you you got a text message. No, I'm not interested.
0: Mm-hmm. I've actually tried. Um, well, we've talked before about how I buy things, change my mind and return them. Um, but I've had, um, I've had, or I had bought an Apple watch and I was like, oh, well, I'm getting this for like fitness, but then, you know, it pairs with the phone and then your text messages are coming in or you can answer the calls mm-hmm. on there. And I'm like, sometimes I want to intentionally like turn my phone off and exist right like that is literally shackling you know i I guess literally because it's like around your wrist it's like shackling (laughs) (laughs) you to the um the technology and the noise and the notifications and stuff and if we're looking at the the foundation of minimalism and asking like what the value of those things are like knowing that you know, Keisha Rock liked your picture on Instagram and your phone lighting up for that and either clearing it off (laughs) or going into Instagram when the notification pops up, that has just taken you away from whatever it is that you were already doing. Um, So I'm big on turning off notifications as well. So very good. Obviously, you know, the premise of the podcast that I've started and kind of the the focus on, you know, communities of color. So I mentioned before that I hadn't, haven't seen or heard a lot um, about minimalism uh, within communities of color. So as a black woman, um, what is your experience with that? I know you had mentioned with the minimalists being two white guys, but um, what's your experience I, with being a person of color and also a minimalist?
1: Right. I, we exist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We do exist, but we're not the majority. We're definitely the minority. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't even think when I, uh, embarked on this, I even used that term. Well, I think I did use that term with my mom was telling her about it. But then I was like, when I changed it over to like, I'm focusing on just, you know, quality, quality time, quality items, you know, not just, quantity, having more and more more, mm-hmm. um, that was a, I think that was a way that my family members could kind of understand a little bit more. Uh, when, when I said, I'm focusing on experiences, you know, instead of just giving you a gift that you're going to end up putting on your shelf, you know, or something that you may not even like, Yeah. So they were like, Oh, okay, I can, I can understand that. So I think also just changing the terminology too, mm-hmm. um, can help, you know, open it up to to us. for us to understand just you know just changing the way that we're communicating about this lifestyle Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, but you're right I don't I don't I don't I don't see it enough but I do know that we do exist
0: yeah and I think it's uh, like you said like changing the terminology if we make it relational and personal it doesn't have to be like well I'm not doing this because I'm a minimalist whereas if you say um Well, what I like to do is to, you know, gift experiences or um, do things this way. Um, And usually people don't have a problem with that. But if you kind of approach it from a, oh, well, I can't do this or I won't do this because I'm this way, it kind of cuts off the conversation. But if you make it more relational and kind of give your rationale for why you're doing it that way, it actually helps people to understand it a little bit better, makes it less quirky or weird.
1: Yeah. And even, you know, let's talk about clutter too. Like even just talking about the way it feels in your environment when you have more of a minimalistic approach, um, people can relate to that. Like I could say to like, you know, one of my cousins or something like, isn't it so stressful when you come into your house and like, you just have stuff like thrown around.
2: Mm-hmm. Doesn't it doesn't feel
1: so much better when, you know, you come into your room and you feel at ease. Um, I think that is something people can relate and understand to as well.
0: Definitely. So that kind of brings me into my um, next question. In what ways does practicing minimalism, in all of its different forms that we've kind of covered, how does that impact your mental
1: health? It impacts my mental health tremendously. I know when I'm struggling because I can see it around me. <laughs> I can see the chaos that I'm feeling inside on the outside. So it, it it works the same way when I'm intentional about staying organized and keeping my you know home the way I intend it to be. And not even just my home, even my car. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just all my all my spaces, all the spaces that I that I'm in when it's the way I like it, I, it it just it reflects on my on my emotions on my headspace just just the same as it does when it's not
2: mm-hmm. so
1: that's something that I, I have to remind myself when I am what I call in a funk mm-hmm. um hey you still need to you still need to continue doing the things that are going to make you feel most at peace mm-hmm. and, and that's not always easy you know
0: Definitely, and I think it goes back to that it's not just for the sake of calling yourself a minimalist, but the outcome or the rationale motive behind it is to improve quality of life right. um, through being careful about you know what you allow in. So kind of like you said about you know your spaces, uh, I know me personally, I guess I was kind of a minimalist since a young age because I remember even as a kid, I would not have quite a good day if I didn't make my bed in the morning. Like something about like your bed being made and like everything else can go wrong that day. But it's like, ah, my space, my room is the way that I want it to be. Um, And so spaces definitely are important. I mean, they can very easily impact our our energy. I know um, a lot of us are working from home now. Um, and I actually, my home office is like a corner in my bedroom. So I, you know, even though I'm kind of engaged in the work that I'm doing, I, the room has to be clean for me to feel like I'm in a good space to work because it would distract me and, you know, impact my mood. So I, I definitely, at least for me, I know that minimalism has been huge for, you know, managing anxiety, um,
1: yeah, I would absolutely say that too. Um, it it, ha- it does help me manage my anxiety, and it also—I don't, I don't know if this is—I hope this is helpful for someone. But when it comes to maintaining your home, the more stuff you have, right, the more stuff you have to keep up with, and it—you just—it gets harder to get in those really good cleans that you want to do, like baseboard mm-hmm. cleans, like you know, the, like those really because then you find yourself you're just straightening up. You're not cleaning the way you may really want to mm-hmm. because there's just so much stuff. So you're just organizing slightly. You're just straightening up. So that's something I'm excited to get back to as we transition back to this lifestyle. Is being able to get my ho- ho- my home in a way where I can just clean. I know that sounds. I know that that may sound silly, but it's just you know straightening up, organizing. You know, washing the dishes. That's not really. I mean, that is cleaning, but I, I would like to do more. I would like to, to have better upkeep of my home. And to me, a part of that is having less stuff so that I can do a better job at maintaining my home.
0: That's a good point, too, because um, I guess for people who are listening to this who aren't too familiar with minimalism, um, I think the um, at least like the mainstream things that we see. So the. um I forget what the show is called, Marie Kondo, the Sparking Joy, all of that stuff, right? Um, I think that has a place, um, and I'm not too familiar with it, so I can't speak on it that much, but there's a difference between minimalism as a lifestyle choice and tidying up, right? Because if you think about it, people collect things, so a collection is just a very organized hoarding situation right
2: right
0: so it can be nice and neat and in a place but you still have to question is this um closet full of old pokemon cards something that brings value to my life now right um and so i think the the thing about you know cleanliness and all of that it there's a little bit of a difference so obviously you know hygiene keep things clean neat tidy whatever but i think what you were saying was if i am practicing minimalism then being able to like maintain things is less stressful
1: exactly yes that's exactly what i mean and also i want to also before we i want to hit on the the mindset of oh i may need this (laughs) or i can't get rid of this because yeah it may come in handy you know that that is a tough one to get over and move forward if you really want to, minim- you know, minimalize. The
0: what-if um, items.
1: Yeah, the what-if items, right? And so that's something I did learn from the podcast is the 2020 rule. Are you familiar with that?
0: Um, yeah, I think it's like, um, basically, if it can be replaced in 20 minutes under $20 or something like that.
1: Yep, then so you don't need it. Mm -hmm. you know and I I did find that there was only one out of all the things that you know I got rid of in 2017 Mm
2: -hmm. there was only
1: one thing that I it wasn't even really me it was my husband that I was like okay well maybe I shouldn't get rid of it and that was an award like a medal Mm -hmm. um but other than that like all those things that I would be like oh I may need this and I never needed that stuff and like we you know most of us don't or if we do need it you can usually get it in 20 minutes for under 20 dollars
0: yep definitely um and i think once you get to a certain part of like just practicing minimalism and keeping your possessions you know at bay i guess and just having the things that you need and not adding a bunch to the mix um it gets easier to it's almost like kind of like it's easier to keep something clean on a regular basis than it is to like let it get dirty for a long time and then like deep clean it it's kind of like that with minimalism um i think probably 2017 was 2016 and 2017 was the two years that i was because 2017 i got married and i I think that's where my minimalism really kicked in because we had two of everything Um,
1: yeah we got married in 2017 too
0: interesting so we were like going on our journeys at the exact same time we just didn't know each other um but you know you get married you have two of everything and I think I got really into because I'll never forget we I had a one-bedroom apartment um and Rachel had moved to Richmond so we were going to live in my apartment until the lease was up and I remember the living room once we brought all her stuff in it was literally you couldn't move like The stuff was just piled from floor to ceiling because it's a small apartment and now we've got two sets of everything Mm -hmm. um and so i like went into overdrive i was like selling you know the one that wasn't as good out of the two like which toaster do we keep which microwave you know um and i think that i kind of got into that um momentum And once you kind of do that first big, like, purge, cleaning, whatever you want to call it, um, it's kind of like that thing of it's easier to keep something clean than it is to, like, let it go and, you know, get it with one deep clean, right? It's less stressful. So I kind of do that on a regular basis where I might pass something a bunch of times. and I'm like, I'm not really using that. Um, And I'll either... You know, if it's something I know I'm not going to use, I might get rid of it. And other times what I'll do is I'll have a box that's like in the baby's closet or something like that, where if Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to use it again, but I'm not 100% certain, I'll put it in there. And then at the end of the year, I'll just check that box and look through. And I'm like, obviously, I haven't needed it, but I know it's there. And then at the end of the year, I just throw the whole thing away because if I made it to the end of the year, I didn't need it. Right. Or donate. Like we're not advocating like wasting here. So if the things you're getting rid of can be donated and used by somebody oh, else, yeah, definitely yeah. do that.
1: Yeah, I donate. I donate, I give away, and I sell. Because if I can make a book off of it, yes. I'm gonna do that. But yeah, but I never just I try not to throw away. Yeah.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed this conversation, Keisha.
1: You know, I needed this, Dunzel. I needed this because, like I told you, we're transitioning back into this lifestyle and this is going to be a push. Like, just like a re up. Yeah. Yeah. This, just talking about also just the peace that it brought me when I was with that way and just, you know, the peace of mind that I need that, you know? So I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited to get back in here. We actually have to do like a deep, Decluttering, declensing, like of the house. So mm-hmm. you, you 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 saying that um, it's hard to do that. You know, it's so true because like that, it's like once you once you've done it, it's like ah, you want to maintain it. But Definitely. when you're first starting out, you know, I may do the whole month game again, but I kind of I don't want to wait. I just I just want to start now. Well, you know? just
0: start the game today.
1: Yeah, just start the game today.
0: Yep, that's awesome. So um, before we go, um, I obviously want to give you the floor because um, for those of you who haven't heard of um, the Ground Up podcast, um, it's fantastic. So I want to just kind of give the mic over to you to promote your socials, your podcast, um, all of the little things that you're up to. And I'll make sure to include links and all of that fun stuff in the show notes as well. Well,
1: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I hope you like my voice. If you do, <laughs> go, on <laughs> nice the up yeah, go on over to the Ground Up podcast. Yeah, uh, going over to the Ground Up podcast. If you're interested in, honestly, if you just like hearing good stories of people doing dope shit. Sorry, can I curse? Yes, you can. Okay, good. Yeah, people doing dope shit. People building literally from the ground up and making something out of nothing mm-hmm. and just carving their own way. It's powerful. It's inspirational. And I think we're pretty entertaining, too. So, they are. the Ground Up podcast, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, all the platforms. But definitely follow us on Instagram. Instagram is where you're going to see what episode's coming up next. And we try to be a good resource, too. We try to um, not only inspire you, but, like, point you in directions. Um, so, we keep you informed on events in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've learned a about YouTube a lot of small channel. businesses
0: in Richmond through the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, that's, and that's the goal. That's the goal. Everyone wants to, everyone wants to be on the bandwagon of what's, you know, what's new and what's hip. But hey, everybody starts from the bottom. Like <laughs> So I, I want to promote everyone who is doing something to build themselves up. And that's what we do. And we have a YouTube channel. You can watch the interviews if you'd rather watch than listen. Uh, we also vlog so you can watch our, our, we, we're out here we're out here doing mm-hmm. stuff so if you just want to see you know what what's going on around the city and what's going on with the rock the ground up podcast
0: yep well thank you so much for your time Keisha um and like I said I'll definitely put um the links to your socials and your podcast your YouTube and all of that stuff um in the show notes so that people can Uh, find you. But um, just wanted to thank you for your time. And I'm really looking forward to um, seeing um, the reactions to people as they listen to this conversation. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, it's free. They offer creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Did I mention that you can make money from your podcast no matter the size of your following? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. The link is in this episode's show notes. Thanks in advance.